I love the convenience of cereal in the morning, but hate how boring the flavors can be. That's why I love Magic Spoon. Eating a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal is like taking a time machine back to your childhood. Except these cereals not only taste delicious, but each serving contains zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net grams of carbs. It's also keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. Plus, it's only 140 calories a serving. With over eight unique flavors, your taste buds will not get bored. My personal favorites are cocoa, cookies and cream, and blueberry muffin. But there's also flavors like maple waffle, honey nut, and cinnamon roll. And the previously limited edition birthday cake is now also here to stay. I personally love to blend either cocoa or blueberry muffin with milk, a frozen banana, and masha powder for a super quick and fueling breakfast. Head to magicspoon.com slash sapphire to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. And be sure to use our promo code sapphire at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, They'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash sapphire and use the code sapphire to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. A few months ago, I had an incredibly vivid dream. I was in my parents' house, and the door to their garage was open. I look through the doorway, and this tall shadow figure walks past. And as I see it, I have an intense physical reaction. Like, imagine that you drop an exceptionally sharp long knife, and you reflexively grab it, but by the blade, and it continues to fall to the ground all the while slicing your hand. You know that painful stinging chill that just shot through your body? Yeah, it felt like that, but worse. It scared the hell out of me. Then later, still in my dream, I laid down in bed to go to sleep. And then I had that same painful stinging chill. And I immediately knew that the shadow figure I had seen earlier was standing at the side of my bed. I woke up pretty shortly after that, and the first thought that came to my mind was, I feel like I had this dream to show me what it feels like when a shadow figure is near. And like I usually do when I have dreams like this, I texted some of my friends for their thoughts. And several of them have had similar experiences. My friend Rani said, I was taught that because I will probably be encountering one soon in real life. I didn't love the sound of that. 
shadow figures are one of the most common paranormal sightings I hear of, and yet they're still complicated to describe. The only thing that really unifies all of these sightings is that they are figures made of shadow. But beyond that, they vary. That's what this week's episode will be discussing. The various types of shadow beings people have encountered. First, I tell the tale of a person who kept seeing the same figure in their house. Then, I narrate the story of a formerly religious man who was harassed by a demon. Next, I share the experience of a person who was chased by an unknown entity. Then, I recount the details of how a young person was surrounded by figures as they were dying. And finally, I tell the tale of a woman who was visited by a mysterious figure after taking in a child. Chapter 1. Smiling with no mouth. Submitted by Liv. Hey Sapphire, I've been watching your videos for a few years now and I absolutely love them. I adore scary things and your voice somehow is the only thing that can scare me nowadays. While I was watching a video on your channel from a few months ago, you mentioned that we could send in stories to your email, so here we go. This happened in late 2019 when I was 12. It was a few nights before Halloween, and my family and I were watching Goosebumps, which wasn't even a scary movie for me at the time, so I wasn't scared whatsoever. As I live in the UK, it was extremely cold, so I got up and went upstairs to get a blanket from my room. I ran into my room, got the blanket, and once I got halfway down the stairs, I saw it. Up on the landing, right where I was a few minutes ago, was a completely black figure of a man, about six feet tall, head tilted to the side and waving so slowly at me. It couldn't have been a trick of the light because it was physically there. Some moonlight from the bathroom window was shining in and reflecting off of the figure, despite it being made completely of darkness. It was as real as I was, and looked like when people put on those tight-colored skin suits— like a person covered in a dark sheet. There were no eyes or mouth or any other facial features, but there were dents where those things should have been. Immediately, I ran downstairs, crying my eyes out, and I told my mom and dad. My heart was pounding, and I was sure I would throw up. My mom has always been into that type of paranormal stuff, so she believed me. I could see by the absolutely terrified look in her eyes. Her face went pale, and she looked more through me than actually at me. My dad was a bit more skeptical, but he comforted me the same. After that, I didn't sleep in my own room until the end of December, mainly because I was so scared that when I was sleeping all alone, that figure would creep up over me and steal my soul or something. Though the idea of soul-stealing was kind of absurd for a child my age, I had reason to be scared. You see, back in 2017, when I was 10, I got really sick and almost died. I had a few surgeries, but during the first one, I woke up. But I was in the upper corner of a curtained-off hospital room— I could see and hear everything, and I distinctly remember hearing a baby screaming as hard as its lungs would allow. In the opposite corner of the room, I saw me. 
My body was in a bed, lifeless, eyes closed. I was hooked up to multitudes of machines and wires that were sticking out everywhere. Abruptly, I began to float down, slowly, and when I finally floated down to my body, I woke up, and the doctor walked in. My mom believes that this was when I became more sensitive to the spirit world. I'm pretty sure I saw the afterlife. For most of the nights after that, I had these almost violent dreams where I saw the black figure on my landing. It was taunting me, waving endlessly and smiling with that face that didn't have a mouth. Then, in those dreams, I would throw up this dark, vile-tasting substance, and then I would wake up. I can still remember the taste now. It's, it's indescribable. Then about a month later, I saw it while I was awake. It was about 4.30 p.m. and I was home alone because my mom had gone out to pick my brother up from school. I have bad anxiety, so as it was getting kind of late, I decided to go out and look to see if my family was back yet. I walked out into the hallway and hanging off of the banisters of the stairs above was the thing. Unmoving. It didn't smile or wave. It just hung there looking at me. Without thinking another thought, I grabbed my keys and ran down the road and sat on the edge of the pavement, shaking and crying until my family came back and I told them all about it. You know how I said my mom was into paranormal stuff? Well, so is her stepdad, and he knows a lot about hauntings and personally knows healers and people who can get rid of spirits. So my mom called him and he contacted one of his friends who lived in Cornwall. His friend then sent the spirit of her husband— who had died years before, to come and take care of the thing we had in our house now. The day after, my mom told me the husband had successfully banished the spirit. For some reason, I began to cry. I wasn't sad. I wasn't happy. I just cried. My mom held me as the tears poured down my face and I couldn't stop. That was the last time I saw it. My mom thinks that the whole out-of-body experience thing in 2017 was when my psychic powers were activated and enabled me to see spirits. Now that I know that I can see ghosts and stuff, I'm a lot more paranoid for what will happen next. As I've discussed on the show before, Having a near-death experience can open a portal within you and allow you to see into other realms. My guess is that when Liv came back from near-death, this shadow figure came back with them. It might have been a curious, unbound spirit, considering how it only observed Liv and never interacted with them, and was also not too difficult to get rid of. Even if it had no intention to harm, having it lurk around is still incredibly uncomfortable. Chapter 2 The Unwanted Visitor Submitted by Ryan Hey Sapphire, I've been telling myself I wanted to write this email for about a year now, and I just never set time aside to do it, but today, I am. I want to start out by saying the podcast has been incredibly helpful for me in not feeling so alone. It's nice to know there are so many people who have struggled with unwanted encounters. 
The show makes me feel seen genuinely, and I appreciate it so much. I want to dive into my story now. I want to preface this by saying I grew up in a very religious household. My parents have been full-time ministers all of my life, so you can imagine their view when it comes to the paranormal and supernatural, which is stay away from it. Unless it's God or an angel appears, then it's good. It's always bothered me how quick we were to talk about the angels or the good side of religion, but when it came to the scary or unexplainable, we just didn't touch it. I understand this is not everyone's experience, but it was mine. When I was younger, I was what I now know as sensitive, often having encounters with demonic presences, angels, things I couldn't explain, and even relatives that passed on before I was ever born. In particular, I want to tell you about one experience I had when I was younger. I was going through the most traumatic thing I've ever experienced in my life. This, of course, brought up several emotions for me for the first time. Depression, anxiety, anger, and a lot of other things I have tried very hard to block out and forget. In the thick of it all, I had my scariest encounter yet. This particular night, I remember crying myself to sleep. One of those nights where your eyes burn and your pillow was soaked to the point that it was cold in certain spots. Finally, I fell asleep, only for it to be short-lived. I woke up on my stomach, my head facing my pillow. I opened my eyes, lifted my head, and looked toward my bathroom where I kept the light on because I was terrified of the dark and noticed that the door was closed, which was very unlike me and I didn't remember closing it. My room was dark, only cut by a thin sliver of light that peeked through the bottom of the door. And that's when I felt it. My skin crawled, goosebumps covered my arms. The energy changed. I wasn't alone. I wasn't safe. The room got noticeably colder, even under my blanket. At this point, pride started to well up inside of my chest. Anger started to come over me. Quickly and regrettably, I turned over in my bed and looked toward my feet. And there it was. A massive black figure standing at the end of my bed. While I didn't see eyes, I knew it was staring me down. I knew it was watching my every move. In this particular house, our ceilings were about 10 feet tall, and the top of its head missed it by only inches. Its dark silhouette shifted, inching closer to the end of my bed. Uncomfortably, I shifted up onto my elbows, trying to control my breathing so it knew I wasn't scared. But the truth was, I was absolutely terrified. In the brief chances I got to speak to my parents about the paranormal or supernatural, I was informed that fear only made them stronger. So what would they do if I responded in anger? With everything in me and an embarrassing voice break, I stood my ground. What do you want? The room grew silent once again, and while I couldn't see a smile, I knew it was there. I felt it. It got what it wanted out of me. Negative emotion. It spoke to me. Several deep voices came through, as if several people spoke in unison. I'm here to ruin your night. Absolutely scared out of my mind, I reached under my pillow to grab my Bible. My parents had me keep a Bible under my pillow to thwart nightmares. But I was so nervous, my body began to lock up. My fingers wouldn't work. 
I was frozen in fear, but managed to speak again with my voice shaking even more now. You don't get to be here. I command you to leave. (laughs) The figure let out a belly laugh, and the only way I know how to describe its leaving was as if the darkness swallowed it up, like it was consumed and then just gone. The air was still energized. I remember shaking so bad with anxiety that my back hurt for days after. I never brought it up with my parents. They had enough going on in their ministry. I didn't want to add to it and further stress them out. About a week had passed. I wasn't getting much sleep at night. I was coming home from school and crashing while there was still light outside. Not eating dinner, just generally not taking care of myself. One night, I just so happened to make it to the dinner table with my parents and sister. I remember the vibe being weird, like they knew something was wrong. That's when they asked my sister to leave the table so they could talk with me. Ryan, your dad and I want to talk to you about something. Sleepily, I looked up at them, and my mom continued to lead the conversation. We think we saw a demon following you into your room last week. When it came to anything dark or unexplainable, we often defaulted to the pray-it-away method. So, like always, we went to church and up to the altar and prayed together as a family for this entity to leave. Admittedly, this was very frustrating for me as I often continued to have encounters, even after we prayed for things to go away. It didn't seem like it worked. So when I was a teenager, I got fed up with it. I was tired of the encounters. I wanted my life back. So I cursed God, told him I didn't want this gift anymore. It was a curse, and I was mad at him for giving it to me. I wanted nothing to do with it. And it stopped. I stopped seeing things, stopped hearing things, stopped feeling things. I'm now 26 and working through all those emotions and experiences I had so long ago, And while I am so glad that I don't see things anymore, there is a part of me that wishes I could help people going through those same things. It's so inspiring to hear so many on the show that use their gifts for good. So again, thank you so much for the show. It's helped me process so many things in my life. It's genuinely been healing for me. While I'm not religious anymore, I know without a doubt that we aren't alone. We're just sharing a space. Thanks, Ryan. This is the type of shadow figure that creeps me out the most. It sounds like this was most likely a demon that wanted to feed on Ryan's fear. And I find it pretty amazing that Ryan was able to turn off his ability to see and interact with these otherworldly figures. It reminds me that we don't have to put up with more than we want to. The stories continue after the break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, 
so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, the stories continue. Chapter 3, Shadow Man in North Carolina, submitted by Denise. Hi, Sapphire. I have been keeping up with your podcast and have learned a lot. Here is something I think was paranormal that happened to my brother and me back when we lived in Haw River, North Carolina. This was back in the early 2000s. I was about seven years old and my brother was about nine. I lived in an old house that was built in 1898. It was on 0.67 acres of land and on top of a little hill. And under the dip of the hill was a trailer park. I had made some friends that lived in the last mobile home. The last mobile home was about a two-minute walk from my house. I remember that day when I went to go play with my friends. I stayed out past my curfew. It was already really dark outside, and my parents had called my friend's mom, asking her to tell us to head home. As we were walking back to our house, the only light we had was the light from my friend's mobile home, so it wasn't that well lit. I remember that as we got close to the fence around the trailer park, I heard low growling. It definitely did not sound like a dog or any type of animal. I instantly froze, and so did my brother. I could see a shadow that was very tall, thin, and slanted, stomping towards me. I could see the long legs taking big steps, and each time it took a step, a large stomp followed. I turned to look at my brother, but he was already running home. I didn't want to look again, so I ran back to my friend's house, crying. I asked my friend's mom if I could call my dad to come get me because I saw something. My dad showed up within like five minutes, and I remember being terrified as I walked closer to the fence where I saw the figure. But there was nothing. I told my family about it, but they did not believe me or my brother. I am now grown, and I asked my brother if he remembers that as well, and he remembers every detail. I had done some research about what it could be, but I can't really find anything. What do you think? Thank you for your time. Respectfully. Denise. I've heard of tall stick shadow men before and may have even seen one myself in a meditation. It sort of looks like if Groot were taller, skinnier, and painted all black. My guess, Denise, is that you encountered either a land spirit or a servitor that was protecting that particular area of land. And once you left and were no longer a threat, it disappeared. Chapter 4. Waiting for Me to Die. Submitted by Nadia. I have a lot of scary stories, but my most scary experience was with the shadow people. When I was younger, I was very connected to the spirit world, and they were very drawn to me. 
They would call my name or knock things over to get my attention. At night, I would be on my phone and feel like a cold breath on my face or arm. Our house was built on native land, and our city, Salem, Oregon, is known for certain hotspots. Years passed after I had moved from our haunted house. Our new apartment had no sign of any spirits. I fell ill through my senior year of high school. I missed walking at graduation because I was rushed to the ER. All I remember was being semi-aware while my body lay there. My dad took my hand crying and begging me to stay and to keep fighting. In my head, I told him not to cry, that I just needed to rest, and fell back asleep. When I was more alert, the doctors told me they were sending me to another hospital to perform an emergency surgery to remove my inflamed colon. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, but I was in critical condition. They rushed me, and I was woken up in the middle of the night after my surgery to constant whispering. I couldn't make out what they were saying, but I slowly opened my eyes. I was surrounded by tall, black, shadowy figures with no distinguishing features. They hovered as a group at the bottom of my bed, watching and whispering. I looked to my left to see a tall male shadow figure gliding across the room to join the others. Inside of me, I felt it. They were waiting for me to die. I closed my eyes tight and tried to pray to make them go away. I started to cry. Their whispers became louder. I still couldn't understand them, but I knew they wanted me. They started to touch my feet, but I was in so much pain in my stomach and below. All I could do was try to jerk my feet away from them. I didn't want to sound crazy, so I didn't mention why, but I turned to my dad using what little voice I had and told him to play prayers on the laptop. They finally stopped whispering, and I mumbled to them that they were not welcome here and that I wasn't going to die. They slowly slipped different directions, under the bed, into the bathroom, and over my head. I was finally able to go to sleep. There is a theory that shadow figures are interdimensional beings. If our universe is made up of different realms and realities, then they exist in the spaces in between. It's why they never seem to have any distinct features, like they're made of emptiness, a blank space. This theory could explain why shadow figures tend to appear during near-death experiences. Nadia was entering the space where these figures reside. Nadia seemed sure that these figures were waiting for them to die, but what if they're just as confused and scared as we are? What if we appear as shadow figures to them? Chapter 5. A Mother's Dying Wish. Submitted by Hector. This story was told by my grandmother to my mother, and she told it to me. As you may be aware, larger families were a common thing in past generations, especially in Mexico. Such was the case with my great-great-uncle. Soon after marriage, he and his wife began having children, seven to be exact. Unfortunately, his wife died in childbirth upon delivering their eighth child. 
My great-grandmother took it upon herself to raise these children as her own and help support my great-uncle. Soon after the death of the children's mother, however, something strange began to happen. My great-grandmother had a large wooden dresser where she hung her clothes. Every day, at exactly midday, she would see a dark, shadowy figure appear between the hung clothing. My great-grandmother would freeze from fear. She wanted more than anything to be able to speak and ask what this presence was and what it wanted. However, try as she may, she was not able to utter a single word. It wasn't until the dark figure disappeared that she was able to regain movement and speech. This went on for weeks until she finally decided to visit the town priest and ask for help as she was sure this had to be something malignant. When she visited the priest, he told her he could not tell her if the presence was malignant or not, but he could offer her a blessed pendant with the emblem of St. Peter of the Tongue Tide. He told her to hold the pendant under her tongue and that when the spirit appeared, it would allow her to have the courage to speak. The next day, she did just that. And as usual, the spirit came, but this time, with a pendant under her tongue, my great-grandmother was able to speak. She asked the spirit who it was and what it wanted. To her surprise, the shadow told her she was the spirit of her daughter-in-law, the mother of the children she was raising. She told her she could not pass because she died without certainty that her children would be taken care of and would have a mother. My great-grandmother reassured her that she had taken the children on as her own and would care for them as if she was their mother. The spirit thanked her and disappeared. From then on, she never saw the shadow again. In this case, the shadow figure meant no harm and left when she got her answer, which is not like the other shadow figures we've heard about today. Maybe this is simply just another form that ghosts can take. I'm not sure why she appeared in a form that would frighten the woman, but maybe it was an experience that she needed to learn from so that she could learn how to speak up when she's frozen in fear. There are so many different types of shadow figures. I don't think we'll ever have a catch-all definition for them. And that's okay. Part of what makes studying the paranormal so exciting is the fact that things are not so neatly categorizable. I have yet to witness a shadow figure in my waking life, and believe me, when it happens, I will let you know. And whether it ends up being a curious unbound, a demon, a land spirit, an interdimensional being, or a ghost, I hope I get more practice confronting them in the dream realm before that happens. Thanks for joining me today. Have you ever encountered a shadow figure? Send me an email at storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. And did you know that I offered tarot readings? You can schedule a session at storieswithsapphire.com. I also live stream twice a week on youtube.com slash sapphire sindalo. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sandalo. Music written by Sapphire Sandalo. Special thanks to Liv, Ryan, Denise, Nadia, and Hector. For more information on this episode, visit storieswithsapphire.com. <laughs>